Welcome to Two Therapists Talking. The hope for this podcast is to talk about important issues related to couples and individuals who are struggling in their lives with many different issues. I'm David Thompson, a marriage and family therapist. And I'm Sherry Christensen, marriage and family therapist. Please join us as we explore these issues together, and we hope you will learn and be enlightened along the way. Come find us at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast. Hi, and welcome back to Two Therapists Talking. I'm David. And I'm Sherry. And we are finishing today kind of a three-part, maybe our first three-part, I think, on gaslighting. And this Mm -hmm. is the third episode. And we've already talked about what it is um, when it's a positive thing and it's not called gaslighting because gaslighting is when it's negative and what that (laughs) looks like and how to tell and phrases. And we've gone through a lot of information. Hopefully you've heard those already. You're joining us now for this one. And we want to talk about Mm -hmm. the phases of gaslighting, where you're at according to these phases, and then what to do about it. What do you do when you're in a relationship where gaslighting is taking place? Right. And this, of course, is the three phases of of being victimized by it. Right. So this isn't as the gaslighter. Here are your three no. phases. This no, is this is how this the one being manipulated. You. Yeah, how this affects you because it is very serious, and especially uh, with the intentional aspects of, of manipulation of gaslighting, which is manipulative and malicious and emotionally abusive, abusive, very, very much so, it is extremely damaging. Even when it's unintentional, it can have extremely damaging consequences, right? I consistently am working with clients who's um, who's, had an unintentional gaslighting from a parent or whatever in their life and it's affected them tremendously and they're in therapy right so even unintentional gaslighting is is very very painful and destructive and when you get into intentional on top of that yeah it's it's really bad it's from research what we know is the worst part of betrayal trauma yes the gaslighting because there's a difference between you're hurting me but it's all about you and you're hurting me, now you want to make it about, about me. me. That yeah. is just a different thing altogether. And so relationships that really struggle to make it work or to stay together, um, there's a correlation between not working and high levels of gaslighting and manipulation. And so something to be mm-hmm. aware of. And speaking of these these impacts or, or effects of gaslighting, right? so psychoanalyst Robin Stern came up with three phases of gaslighting, and let's talk about them. And... By the way, these are like the stages of grief where they can overlap. Right. So yeah, this you isn't can a kind linear of move process. into and out of multiple ones. Yep. Yeah. Kind of an easy way to do it. They're all D's, three words. There's disbelief, mm-hmm. there's defense, and there's depression. And so let's talk about these starting with disbelief. So this is when it starts to show up. You're thinking it's unintentional. Like you start to become aware of it. You're thinking, huh, that's kind of interesting. Right. Like, oh, I thought you said that, but maybe you didn't say that. But now that's happened a couple of times. And I'm pretty sure that you said that, right? I'm, I'm certain that you said that. I know you did, right? But you're, you're, you're still trying to figure it out. Like, oh, maybe, maybe I did hear it wrong. Maybe... I did misunderstand what they were saying. And this is where, especially when it starts, you 
defend them and say, mm-hmm. well, I know them. And so that can't be what they're trying to do. They must just not yeah. get it or understand. Yeah. So they're, you're making excuses for, for what they're saying or, or how it's separate or how it's different. The reality is different from what you know happened. And then you start kind of doubting yourself a little bit like, oh, well, I must have misunderstood. I must not have heard right. I must be really tired. I must be stressed. I'm just kind of losing it a little bit. I'm slipping mentally. I just need rest. I just, Mm -hmm. uh yeah. So then you, the next stage is defense where you're really, you really start to do that even more to an extent where you start to lose your own grasp on reality and lose what's actually happening and your certainty around that. So in other words, you're really starting to believe what they're giving you. Mm-hmm. And often if you have evidence like, but I saw you do this, but you did do that, um, the way they react to that and using all of those phrases and things we talked about in the last episode, you are buying into it now. So we use the phrase, at least I do, you're drinking the Kool-Aid yeah. at this point. So they're <laughs> yes. offering it to you often in, in therapy. I'll ask, well, why are you, are you drinking the Kool-Aid? And the idea is there's other options besides just buying into what they're telling you. But this dis or the defense stage is when you are doing that now. You're buying into what they're telling you, believing that it's you. Yes. Your misdirection is working. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's you. There's something wrong with You're me. You're the problem. I need to be nicer. I need to be more understanding. I need to make sure I have dinner on the table because that's such a big deal for them. And they're tired when they come home. So they're yelling at me about that. And that, well, that's that's my fault. They're struggling. Right? You know, yeah. just all those different kinds of examples that we can come up with. Yep. I need to be more understanding of the fact that they have to work late with their female coworker in a remote location, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Right? Exactly. Um, and this will lead to the worst part. And often, again, this is a good indication of how the relationship is going to proceed based on this final one, which is the depression. It starts Mm -hmm. getting to you. And the worst part is it just wrecks your self-esteem, your sense of self. You question your confidence, your ability. You don't trust your feelings anymore Mm -hmm. because your feelings have been challenged so many times. Well, I felt like it was this, but you just keep telling me it's that. So it must be me. And now you don't know what's real anymore. In other words, it's kind of complete. The gaslighting is complete. You question reality. At every turn. Yeah. Every single situation, every single everything, it's now, oh, yeah, I, I, that's ridiculous. I, in fact, I often, and I know you do too, as clients come in who have been in that situation, you have to reconnect them to themselves right. completely. Definitely. And it's a really hard, long process, which is mm-hmm. why if, if someone has reached this stage of betrayal and hurt, it's a long process to come back. Mm-hmm. And the ones that don't work, in my experience, are the ones in this stage. Right. And depending on how long you imagine being in this place of questioning that you're worth it for years yeah. and years and years. For 20 years. This is really hard to come back from. Yeah. And 
in the relationship and and as a person it's a long process of of recovery and healing and reconnecting to yourself and listening um, and getting the support that you need in order to do that um, but certainly that has to occur really before um, you can work on the relationship right, right. And so if that's occurring, you have to do all this healing work before you can even really start to work on the relationship and really get into that. And, you know, there may be little bits and pieces that you can do as you go along, but, but that has to happen. And so you're talking about a much longer trajectory if the relationship can work, um, if the other person can come to a place of honest, open willingness to see what they're doing and move forward with it. Right. But but it is quite extreme where you can get so disconnected from yourself that you don't even hear what's actually going on. You, you can't even feel or hear your body talking to you anymore and giving you this really key information, not just about this, but then it, it really gets turned off for everything. Right, and that's often what the betraying partner needs to understand better is it's not that they don't trust you now it's that they don't trust themselves and there has to be a lot of empathy and understanding around that that I can get you not trusting me but now what if I've made it so you can't trust yourself right right and that's a key thing to understand like I have done the things that have made it so you can't even trust yourself right that's super 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 painful (laughs) and damaging right and so you get you can get to the point where you don't trust yourself your abilities i've seen incredibly capable individuals that have been very incapacitated by this kind of thing where they don't even trust that they're capable of doing being a good parent being able to get out there in society and make a difference in the world right They're incredible, and they have so much to offer, and they feel completely incapacitated. And it can actually affect you quite physically as well, right? When you hit that that erosion of your self-esteem, your worth, your abilities, um, and that depression that comes, that can lead to other things like anxiety that can lead to physical ailments like... Uh, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, adrenal fatigue, all of those things because you've been so depleted and have come to really believe that you are worthless and not capable and not able to contribute anything to the world. You can become suicidal. And there are a lot of really damaging effects from this, especially if, again, you have an intentional malicious gaslighter who has then pulled in other people into this circle um, and has turned other people into people who are supporting them in how they're gaslighting you. Right. Right. And that can be something where they have those other people are, are accomplices without even having any idea they are. And if you'll remember from the last episode, we talked a little bit about that, some of, some of those backhanded ways of, of making them look good and you look bad, like, oh, you know, 
they've been really struggling and I'm worried about them. They're getting a little crazy. Can you go and support them? Because they just won't listen to me. And, but, but it's a little crazy or, you know, I I think they might have some major mental health issues Mm -hmm. that we've got to address and, and all of that. So it, it can become a really, really serious, serious issue and can affect your mental health and your physical health. So what can we do with that? How can we, how can you heal? How can you have boundaries to keep yourself safe through this? Um, this is kind of a combination of a lot of past episodes, right? So right. hopefully before we even say, what can you do? You're already saying to yourself, boundaries. Uh, yes. Yes. And we talk about healthy relationships need love. Mm-hmm. They need communication and they mm-hmm. need boundaries. And so this incorporates all three of those. Boundaries is the big one. So for example, when you feel like you are experiencing this gaslighting Mm -hmm. from your partner, um, first thing you need to do is communicate it. Let them know that this is what you're experiencing. This is what you perceive and see what they're going to do with that because this has a lot to do with what you're going to do next. If it's unintentional, for example, and we've talked about this and they're able to step back and go, oh, okay, let's talk about it. That's a good thing. Right. You can start to address it. But if they won't, if they're going to become defensive or just do more gaslighting that you're even talking about this, you're done talking to them. In you, that moment. It's not going to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. And you hold a boundary. Yeah. And so boundaries, I mean, boundaries are created for situations like these. The boundaries are always going to be some form of time and space, some form of stepping back, stepping mm-hmm. out, mm-hmm. time out, um, letting them know that if there's certain behaviors or attitudes or words that happen, you will step back. Yeah. And if they don't want you to step back, they want you to engage, they want to talk about it, or they just want some sort of connection, it's got to be taking care of you and right. not what they're doing. Yeah. So that's the boundary. The tough part is following through because especially early, you're not feeling very confident that maybe that's even what's happening. You might right. be saying, well, are they actually even gaslighting me? They're saying they're not. Am I, again, just making Am this I up? Am I the crazy and- one? Am I making this up? Yes. Yeah. Or the they'll start throwing in deflections or start trying to escalate it further so that you won't stop engaging, right? Using the kinds of phrases we talked about. Mm-hmm. And so, again, just saying anytime that it gets escalated anyway, it's always good to take a little time or space. Right. But just there, to get clarity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there are some great phrases. I love the phrase, I am totally willing to talk about this with you when you can speak to me respectfully. Right. Right. Or, you know, just different things like that. Because the reality is, in a healthy relationship, even if you're wrong, Mm -hmm. they still should have an interest in listening to you, hearing you out, helping you you to feel understood, considering where you're coming from. Having empathy for your experiences. Right. Yes. And treating you with respect. Respecting you as a person. Right. Right. And so I love that clarification because... That is a really good indicator of, okay, 
no, we really do need to take time and space and it's okay. And if you're getting escalated, they should have an interest in giving some time and space so that you can de-escalate and then return to the issue and be able to address it in a way that's healthy and in a way that's going to actually be productive. It, It seems kind of obvious that they should care about how you feel. But when you start paying attention, you'll find that in unhealthy relationships, they're not acting like they care about how you feel. Right. And that is a big red flag. Right, right. Um, Not that they don't care about you, just that that they're so caught up in themselves and unable Mm -hmm. to regulate their own emotions that they can't attune to your needs in the moment. Which, this is a learned skill that most of us don't have, but if we can identify it and we have a plan. I was going to say, yes. (laughs) It's not an automatic, like, oh, they're like a horrible person, toxic, got to get out of the relationship. It's a, oh. And and also, have there ever been times when you've gotten really heated or upset that you haven't been able to kind of step out of your own perspective? But again, that's the point is... That when it gets heated and or when it escalates and either or both of you are not able to uh, to engage where you can actually be willing and soft enough to hear and see the other person, you need to take some time and space, mm-hmm. right? And we've talked about that with empathy skills building. We've talked about that with communication, all of those different other episodes. But those are all part of this process right? and understanding, okay, set a boundary, Take the time and space. Um, Other things that are really, really important, get help, get outside support. Especially when you're deep in that depression phase Mm -hmm. where you're not going to trust what you're thinking or how you're feeling anyway. And if you have someone that you can talk to that can reassure you, that you can build trust in or have trust in, have a good Mm -hmm. relationship with, they can be someone that you depend on and rely on while you're coming back to feeling good about you. Right. And, and obviously if you're in that place of a lot of depression or whatever, it's an extremely good idea to get into therapy, to be working with a professional around those issues Uh, But even with all of those stages, a professional that can be outside and look at the objective situation and say, no, you're not crazy. Mm -hmm. No, that can walk you through those processes of pulling apart the deflections and and the lies and how to set those boundaries around things that can be supportive. If you have a group or something else that we always recommend that people are in groups when we're dealing especially with this addiction and betrayal trauma concept where you can go to them and say okay just want to kind of walk through this will you help you know clarify with me will you call me on my stuff and help me to understand how to better go through this and oftentimes there is, you, you do have stuff, and, but it's not the stuff you think it is, right. right? It's not that you're being crazy or that you're not understanding something or that you need to be more accommodating to them. It's usually you just need to set a boundary. You need to have that step back where both of you can get clarity. You need to have the time and space to be able to address the issues and then be able to come back and say, hey, I noticed we had deflected on that issue. This is the core issue that I want to talk about. And I really want to stay on this issue. You know, it's boundaries to keep yourself safe and um, 
and to have support. So, um, again, another really good resource is there's a, a book and it is called BIF, which is an acronym for, uh, brief, informative, friendly, and firm. And it's written by Bill Eddy. And it is a description of how to talk about, so I will use this concept with my clients a lot, on how to uh, address someone who's gaslighting you, how to in, how to talk to them when they're being explosive, when they're trying to turn things around and make it about you, all of that. You just, um, you step back and you breathe, right? And I love the concept of, uh, if you're engaging with someone, for example, over email or text, again, this can be in this situation, this can be at work, this can be with a, a former spouse, this can be with uh, you know, parents or adult children who are gaslighting you, you know, to, to step back, to, to breathe. Um, it takes uh, several hours for your brain to come back from mm-hmm. a super heightened space. So just breathe and give it time and then come back to the situation where you can address it briefly, not go into long diatribes about all the things, right? Because truly, if you have someone who is maliciously uh, gaslighting you, the more information that you provide is all you just handed them a textbook. Okay, now these are all the ways I'm going to deflect and turn it around and back on them. Mm-hmm. So you keep it very brief. You keep it informative, which is you're making sure you're sticking with the facts and the information that they absolutely need to know in order to move forward, right? Bring it back to the core issue. Right, because the reality is the issue is not nearly as important as their openness and willingness to hear it. Yeah. And so you're really just testing them to see, hey, are you going to care about what I'm saying, what I'm feeling, what's going on for me? Yes. Because if not, it's a total waste of time for me to go any further into what's actually going on. Exactly. So I'm just testing you. Do you care? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are you going to do? Or if you already know that they're do- they're in this space, they're not willing to, but you have to communicate something with them anyway, because we do. We have to continue to communicate uh, oftentimes with people right. at some level. And so... Yes, it's very just informative, the, the basic facts of what needs to be communicated. Um, and you're friendly and firm, which means, uh, you know, especially if you're doing, so this is especially helpful if you're doing something over email or text, like with a coworker or something like that, where uh, you can, the nuances are harder to write. Someone's not in your presence and they can't tell that you're calm and you're, you know, just being friendly about it. Right. So when you are in each other's presence, you do want to have that very calm grounded space where you're coming at it uh, from that angle. But then if you are doing something in writing, that friendly is really helpful. Like, Hey, hope you're having a great day. You know, hope your weekend is going well or something like that, where you can address that. And then, um, and then be firm about it. This is, you know, I'm, I'm done having this conversation. If there's been a lot of gaslighting that's been going Mm -hmm. on or, you know, you stand, stand your ground. And sometimes I'll even have clients do that where I'll have them get in a very active mountain pose 
where you're you're pushing against the ground and you're standing up and your shoulders are back and um and you're engaging you know engaging your your muscles to push and pull and you're standing firm in your ground and that can be really helpful when you're dealing with these kind of situations um, but you want to be firm and not op- keep the door open for further gaslighting Mm-hmm. further deflection, further ways that this isn't about, you know, the actual issue that it's about. Yep. So these are some of the things that are going to be really, really critical. Getting support, um, having professionals even involved yes. in that process. It's so helpful, especially when you're trying to figure it out. And if they're in a space where they're going to be willing to address it and talk about it, if you can get that third party that can say, hey, do you see how you just did this? Or do right. you see in that situation that came up how you did this and how it was deflecting? And that can be extremely helpful for the gaslighter, but it's also extremely helpful for the gaslightee, yeah. if we want to put it like that, because it's that validation and support that, you know how you have that little feeling, just like, oh, it just, just feels a little mm-hmm. off. Like, I can trust that. Learning That's to trust truth. that again. Yep. Yeah, I was, I was right. My body was talking to me and it was telling me something that was really important. Right. So I, I highly recommend getting uh, a, a counselor, therapist, third party that can help you to work through that process of recognizing and understanding what gaslighting is, how it's showing up in your relationship and how you can work through that as a couple and and have that gaslighter recognize and begin to the, that process of addressing themselves and and really as david has said what's underneath that why they're doing it why they're pr- trying to protect themselves and yep. ha- developing their own sense of worth and all of that and then you as the gaslighty being able to get back into a space where you can trust yourself mm-hmm. where you're you're back in that um, understanding of what reality actually is and uh, being able to heal uh, the depression um, and the self-esteem and self-confidence issues. So there's a lot here, making sure you're getting support, making sure you're using some of these uh, skills and tools and time and space and boundaries and all of that. Mm-hmm. This is a really good template structure to follow. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's a lot of information, and we encourage you to continue to look and search. But all of it is going to be uh, helpful if you're in a process like this. Get the help you need. Groups are really helpful because other women who know exactly what this is like can be very reassuring, especially if they're further in the process and can tell you, hey, you'll get through this. Mm-hmm. So hopefully this has been helpful. And we'll see you next time. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Two Therapists Talking. We look forward to sharing more conversations with you. Connect with us at twotherapisttalking.com or email podcast at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast.